Welcome. We're Jackie and Brian, and this is As the Ice Cream Churns. Together, we founded Ample Hills Creamery, one of the most beloved ice cream brands of the last decade. Then we lost it all. We filed for bankruptcy a day before New York City shut down due to COVID-19. Now, someone else owns Ample Hills, and we're out of work. But we're ready to start over. Come join us for an exploration of what went wrong, and more importantly, what comes next. Our guides are close friend, Debbie Rosen. She created the cracked cookies in our hit flavor, salted cracked caramel. When she's not baking, she's a therapist. We thought she could help us navigate these troubled waters. Let's get started. Debson, hi. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good we, to see you. We missed you. We missed we missed hey. this whole vibe together. This this yeah. whole thing. <laughs> it's been six months since we met last. So let's go back to the opening days of the social. How did it go? Oh, I mean, it was amazing. I think that when we did our last uh, podcast, our last interview, we were just days away from opening the shop. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we said we'd be back in a few weeks or maybe a month. (laughs) I know it's taken a little bit longer, but you know uh we've been busy busy. we've been busy um no but though you know it's it's interesting because when we opened uh ample hills the first time i guess 11 or 12 years ago now um we were so overwhelmed and terrified and completely incapable of enjoying those first few days and we've talked a lot about those first few days at that first shop the nice thing about it this time around was very different um you know we had uh, a friends and family gathering the night before we opened we had the shop properly staffed thanks to jackie uh and i'd made enough ice cream <laughs> thanks to uh, uh jasmine in the kitchen and, and others that have been helping out so we were we were ready and we were prepared in a way that allowed us to uh, really, um, I don't know about sit back is the right word, but we were able to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an opening day was, was amazing. I mean, it was mm-hmm. incredible. It, um, Chuck Schumer was there. He cut the ribbon. Mm-hmm. Chuck, um, <laughs> it was great. he did a speech about, you know, Brooklyn coming back and, you know, that we were a part of that, that resurgence that, you know, um, we weren't going to quit. And that was really, um, really wonderful. It was great to have him there. And the crowd, the line stretched down the block. Um, we had and a pe- DJ. Yeah, we had a DJ. And people were, were just so overwhelmingly excited about us. And it was humbling. And even at times, you know, um, I just didn't even know how to react. I mean, there were there were people that were coming in just constantly telling us how excited they were that yeah. we were. And a lot back. of people that had been heard the podcast and yep. were yeah. coming to <laughs> yeah. the shop to That's sort right. of see uh, how it went. And I mean, this was the third week of July, if you recall. And the timing at the time just seemed perfect. It seemed like we had 
thread this COVID needle perfectly. If you yeah. remember, COVID was like on the wane and it felt like we were in the midst of that, that summer renaissance, you know, like the roaring 20s, everybody pouring out of their houses, looking for things to do, places to eat, fun times, um, you know, and so we just felt like, man, we've nailed it. <laughs> it's perfect. End of story. Well, Okay. Yeah. Why am I guessing this is not the end of the story? Yeah. I mean, it was like that for about 10 days. Yeah. I think we had about 10 days where we thought everything was just magnificent and perfect. Uh, the shop was packed. We were making ice cream nonstop. And uh, yeah, it just, it just felt like we were back. And then the Delta variant came by. Uh, and that was really defined august uh in new york and in so much of the country and it was it was tough august was tough i mean we were worried about our own family safety we were worried about the staff safety of course and customers and, and customers rightly felt the same way and and you know as much as you'd like to think you know uh, everybody's just going to come and still get ice cream uh, you know people naturally uh, you know feel anxious and nervous about going in uh, inside spaces again when the Delta variant came through. Um, and so it impacted uh, how things, uh, you know, were going. And it just, it, it, you know, we just saw it happen like that first week to 10 days from the end of July, the very beginning of August, uh, the lines and the sales were really just through the roof. And then it just it just started to sort of eke away. Yeah, you know, and the shop was actually really packed, and people were um, engaging in the, the the tables that we had the you know game boards built into. People were playing ping pong. I mean, it was just like woohoo! Like <laughs> this is great, you know. And everybody was super excited to have this this great space in the community. And then let's not forget about the rains in August. Mm. There were like historic rains in August in New York. Um, one of those downpours caused an electrical fire in the street out in front and cut the power out mm. for us for a whole day. And we lost a ton of ice cream. Um, there were like flames, like 20 feet shooting flames into the sky through like, you know, the, the potholes. I don't even know. It was mm. like the Con Ed was there for like uh, a couple of weeks until they finally, you know, fixed it. Luckily, we didn't lose ice cream for a couple of weeks, but um, it definitely, definitely hurt us. And then there was Hurricane Ida um, with the floods there. So it was not the greatest uh, of Augusts. Mm. Um, not at all. How do you manage all these obstacles or how did you manage? And what's your mindset during that time? Yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. Um, you know, we opened this shop, this big, beautiful, large shop with a, a, a private party room. And we've talked a lot about that and doing the ice cream socials and the ice cream parties. And we didn't book a single party in the month of August uh, or into September uh, because of uh, the Delta variant. And so that, um, you know, the business relies, literally needs those parties to be part of the, the business in order to, to just survive. And so we could sort of see um, that that problem happening right away. And then, of course, as September is happening, you know, the, the weather is starting to turn cooler. And so the sales naturally start to weaken anyway in September. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were we were nervous and but, you know, 
um, we were confident about what we were doing. I mean, the ice cream response to the ice cream was overwhelming. The response to the donuts was overwhelming. Um, and so we knew, you know, things, you know, were going, you know, great in terms of the product um, and ultimately the space because everybody who walked into the space would tell us how you know, how warm they felt in the space, how wonderful the, spe- the face, the space felt, um, you know, how happy they were that, you know, we had created such a beautiful, happy space. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think when you say, you know, how, how do you manage it? I, I think that at the end of the day, because we could see how people responded to the space and responded to the ice cream, we ultimately still had this sense of confidence and, and have the sense of confidence that you know we we've done something good and and that it will weather whatever storm it is covid or not but the problem was you know just from a pure brass tax money point of view we could see that by middle of September that we weren't going to get through the winter without needing more money. You know, as you know, ice cream business in general is wildly seasonal. People, you know, buy a third of the amount of ice cream in December as they do in July. And, you know, back at Ample Hills, all of our shops would make all their money in the summer, uh, but they'd lose money in the winter, just not as much as they made in the summer, obviously. And so the problem is we opened the shop uh, in late July. So right. had we opened at, you know, uh, Memorial Day uh, and, um, you know, in May or even in June, we'd have had more of that that summer to, uh, to have built up uh, cash reserves, right? And, you know, we didn't. We opened at the end of July. And then with August being as tough as it was due to the Delta variant, and that flowed into September... Um, and then by October, Delta was starting to wane and we actually started booking parties and we booked parties in October and we booked even more parties in November and December and we had like five or six parties booked in January. So we could see the, the progression, the positive progression, but we also knew that, you know, no amount of hot chocolate and no amount of donuts and no amount of, um, uh, of ice cream was going to uh, mitigate the idea of, you know, 20 and 30 degree days in the winter. And we just didn't have enough. We could see that we just didn't have enough um, money to get through the winter. And that was all before Omicron yeah, took over. Yeah, that was before Omicron. <laughs> and so it just got worse. All the parties in January canceled mm-hmm. uh, or pushed back their reservations to February. So, I mean, we're talking now and it's the middle of January and, um, you know, Omicron is in full force and it's just, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's a tough place to, to be. Managing finances is a big part of your last experience. How are you money-wise handling these setbacks? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, pouring over a budget constantly, just being aware of exactly what we're spending, what, you know, you know that we're, we're not going over that. We're, you know, I spend, you know, every week looking at labor costs um, and figuring, you know, how to be more efficient, um, how, to, how to bring things, you know, more in line with, you know, um, our sales. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's definitely um, one of the, the ways in which we're dealing with that. Yeah, and then, you know, the COGS, which is the cost of goods, the, the, the cost that it takes to make the ice cream, the raw ingredients, um, those are something that, you know, we're much more in touch with now than we used to be uh, back at the old business, you know, very aware of what we're spending. Um, the problem is, at the end of the day, all those things, whether it's the, the cogs or the labor, those are your two biggest drivers of expense, right? Your labor and your cost of goods. They're, they're all done in the food industry as a percentage of sales so meaning you know the goal with labor is to have your labor be 25 or 30 percent of the the total sales and your cogs the same thing and then you have fixed costs like rent which is just doesn't obviously change uh, or an electrical bill or utilities um, the problem is is if you cannot make the sales get to a certain point then the then nothing you can do to the labor cost or the cogs can get those numbers into where they need to be for the business to be uh, right side up or healthy in the in the uh, in the winter time and so at, at the end of the day we just we knew that we needed more money um, and and again we have great investors I mean we've talked about them before and in, in previous episodes obviously and how we'd met them and and the support they'd given us and you know, we had to go back to them. And, and I, you know, I think that what was so difficult about that was just the sort of um, the, the PTSD of, of, of those last months and weeks uh, at Ample Hills as we were heading into the bankruptcy and trying to make payroll the next week and trying to scrounge to make payroll the next week and so on and so forth and um, managing money and, and, and to sort of be in that place uh, where you see the the bank account dwindling um, and know that you have to go to the investors and make that call and ask for the money. I mean, you know, they've responded very positively, but it doesn't mean, from our point of view, yeah. it's still very emotional. No, it's, it's, it is. It's emotional. I mean, honestly, it's just, um, you know, when you're building a business, and I guess this was the difference, right? When we were building our first business, um, everything was on the up, right? And so, and everything's really positive and you're growing and you're growing and growing. And, um, you know, here we're doing the same thing. We're, we're growing and we're growing and we're seeing all the positives that exist. You know, we're also, you know, getting all these roadblocks at the same time. And then, you know, having to, you know, um, you know, get do that during the winter when we know that the sales are going to be low because we're an ice cream business. We've done this for 10 years. We know that this is the way it's going to be. It's just a weird disconnect, disconnect psychologically to you know be growing this business mm-hmm. and then yet still feeling you know anxious about not having enough uh, money. It was just not the experience that we had the first time, and so it, it, it's it's a bit um, it it is it was there was some PTSD for sure. <laughs> well, how are you able? In, in the best way that you can plan during this unstable time? Well, I, I think that, that I don't know that, that we are able to plan. I mean, you know, we have gone to the investors. They are supplying us with the, the money that we need. And, and that's, I think, critically important. Um, and at the end of the day, um, you know, we have zero control over Omicron or COVID. 
Um, but, you know, in reading all the news reports, it does seem like uh, it's in the process of peaking and then we'll start to pull away. Um, so, I mean, our, our whole thing is just we need to get to the spring. We need to get to warmer weather. Um, we need to get to the summer. Uh, and we just we can't wait for that to come. <laughs> I mean, for so many reasons. But I just, you know, with, with no more COVID variants, and the warmer weather coming, we think we're poised and ready for, you know, a great spring and summer. But, you know, it's really, you know, six months from now, we'll be able to, we'll tell. Yeah. So um, let's take a turn to the personal side for a minute. Hmm. And um, in terms of family, how's everyone? And what's it like to have teenagers during this time while establishing a business versus toddlers back um, yeah. When you had amp. Yeah, it's very different. Um, you know, I mean, it was you. You know, with toddlers, obviously, you have to watch them all the time, and you have to figure out who's watching them, and you're in a constant state of like, you know, um, kind of going back and forth from the business to the kids to the kids to the business. And teenagers are now like kind of independent. It's a little sad in a way. <laughs> um, I, not that I miss that, you know, intensity of dealing with a toddler and a new business. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, oh wait, where are the kids? Oh, did you give them the keys? Do they have the keys to get in? Yeah, okay, so they're fine. So you know, it's it's it's, yeah, it's their excitement of being kids in an ice cream shop is a little not not quite there anymore. No, I mean their excitement is still there. It's just very different. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean. You know, we, our daughter works at yeah. the social. That's exciting. Yes, I mean I, that's been honestly the the greatest part about uh, you know the the teenage years is you know our son's not quite old enough yet, but uh, our daughter uh, works at the shop and is just incredible. I mean, she's actually like a great employee. I mean, it, it, I think I'll... Brian cries every time he sees her behind the counter <laughs> a little bit. Okay, maybe just a little. <laughs> I mean, but she in in ways that like. Like we didn't we just see a different side of her at the shop yeah. than we do at home because yeah. at home you know when you're dealing with a teenage daughter you know there's um you know maybe not the most talkative the no. most sharing the most gregarious no. i mean it's just that's natural teenage life but then the way that she is with customers is gregarious and friendly and outgoing and then she'd come into the kitchen when it was slow and say, hey, dad, can I help you make any ice cream? Do you need any help? And like, it's just, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So it's been uh, overwhelmingly pr proud. Yeah. Uh, and to... Yeah. No, she's she's great. It's great to see her in that element and, um, you know, and to be and for her to be a part of the business in a way that, yeah. you know, she she grew up sitting at the end of the counter at the Vanderbilt shop that we had you know, first mm -hmm. opened. And so, you know, most of the time she was drawing or, mm -hmm. you know, playing a game or doing her homework. And it, it just feels like somehow, you know, she absorbed all of that mm. activity. Yeah. You know, she's, she's just, you know, you know her, Debbie, you know, the intensity that she kind of can, you know, absorb. And, you know, who knew, you know, it's just like, and I don't, we don't, both of us don't feel like we've taught her specific, mm. you know, skills here. But it, you know, I guess what we've been doing is rubbed off. And so that's a wonderful feeling.
does Kaleo want to work eventually or is that not his thing? Yeah, he wants <laughs> money. <laughs> I think, uh, no, he does want to work. He came in for a day when he was, uh, I, I can't remember, but like we, he came he in and asked, helped yeah. out in the, in the kitchen one day. But, you know, he's not uh, technically yet, you know, quite old enough to scoop, but in time. So how are you managing work-life balance and, or I guess, uh, are you? <laughs> Oh, well, it's hard. It's hard. Um, I mean, we have clear roles to find now, so I think that helps. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't do much other than make ice cream, right? <laughs> I don't I don't even make the donuts. We have a, a woman who's our baker, Jasmine, who's amazing, and, and she sister. makes the donut. Oh, and her sister, that's of Aaliyah. course. Aaliyah makes the donuts. And um, How many hours a day, Brian, do you make ice cream? Oh, I mean, I, you know, all day long. Uh, I mean, some days are longer than others, uh, depending on, you know, in the wintertime, it's definitely a little bit slower because there's not as much ice cream that needs to be made. Um, so, uh, but in the summer, it's, it's longer hours, but it's all day. And I mean, I'm still, I'm on my feet all day long. Uh, I've lost all that weight again, you know, <laughs> doing the physical labor, uh, making ice cream. I haven't. But... I've, I've gained all the weight. I've taken his weight and mm. ate it. And... But, you know, I think I think it's important, uh, you know, the, the work-life balance is it's definitely easier for me from a work-home balance because I only just make ice cream. And when I come home, I obviously can't make ice cream for the shop at home. And so I'm able to, in a way, physically more, you know, leave or distance myself from the business when I'm at home. Jackie basically does everything else. I mean, uh, oversees the payroll, the labor, uh, hiring, uh, training, uh, ordering of supplies, um, sales tax issues, you know, you name it, uh, she does it. And so what that means is a vast majority of that stuff is done sitting at a laptop. And so it's much harder for her because she can do that anywhere. And that means, of course, she does it anywhere and everywhere, including uh, the kitchen table and, and uh, every, every, everywhere else. So I think it's, it's much, it's definitely much harder for you. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> Uh, I'm not no? going to say yes, it is. It is. Well, it's hard because, you know, you're you're in there making ice cream, right? And, um, you know, and I'm, you know, dealing with all this other stuff that, you know, by myself in, in many ways. So it is very, very kind of lonely for me, um, you know, just the responsibility aspect of it all and knowing that I have to make decisions and I have to do things that, you know, I don't have anybody really to consult with about. Um, so, so that part is, is challenging. And, you know, the fact that, you know, my day doesn't really end because I'm in, you know, constant contact if I'm not scooping at the shop and helping customers and managing, um, there and, you know, then I'm, you know, interacting with, you know, the managers that are in the shop, just, you know, offering advice and help or, you know, helping deal, troubleshoot a situation. Right, somebody calls out constantly yeah, and you have yeah. to like scurry to. Yeah, yeah. And staffing issues, obviously, you know, now are, are difficult, but, you know, it's just, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot, it, mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I can't say it's not, but, you know, I mean, I appreciate that you, at least when I get home, if I get, you know, Brian will text me, are you coming home yet? Are you coming home yet? Because every day you do um, come home and make dinner for the family. Um, 
and he makes a point of being home by like 5:30 at the latest mm-hmm. to to and and you know and then you know furiously texts me um you know to that I needed to come home because dinner's yeah, on the dinner's table. Ready. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I it's funny because I think there's more organization in that regard than we used to ever have. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we used to eat out all the time and I, well, not that eat out, eat but out. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't even mean eat out. I mean order in. Um, you know, and which also costs more, but yeah. but just uh, there is something about having that, you know, uh, family dinner together where everybody yeah. sits down and catches up on their day. And we do that now much more than we used That's to true. and, and um, so yeah I'll take credit for at least that part <laughs> previously you mentioned the benefits and drawbacks of starting over including 10 years older now that you're in the thick of it how does it compare to what you imagine hmm you know it's interesting in many ways it's much easier uh, you know we certainly planned better uh, this time around. We hired uh, a lot more staff up front. I hired staff in the kitchen up front to help, and we hired enough uh, staff out front, uh, scoopers uh, and managers um, to help so that we didn't have to be there every single minute. It doesn't mean, as we've just explained, you know, that we're not thinking about it every single minute. Um, But when we were at uh, that first shop on Vanderbilt, I think it was four or five months in before anybody else closed the shop other than me. I mean, I was there to open the shop in the morning and then close the shop at 10 o'clock, 11 mm-hmm. o'clock at night every single day for four or five months. I thought I was going to lose my mind. And this time around, from the very beginning, we just, we knew we didn't have that in us and we knew it wasn't necessarily healthy for the business either um, uh, to have us burnt out like that and so uh, we've hired and trained others to be responsible and help with that stuff um, from the very beginning so in that way it's just it's it's definitely been easier Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean you know um, it's so in other ways it's a lot harder (laughs) Um, it's it's just it's a lot harder because, you know, we're 10 years older and, you know, um, like I said, we, we have teenagers. And so, you know, the demand for that kind of, you know, constant, um, you know, you have to get up in the morning and, and, and you know, tend to your, your toddler is it's different with a teenager there's less of that and it's kind of the same way with the shop like if you were to liken the shop to a teenager right Mm -hmm. like it was a toddler the first time around when we opened it you know there's an Mm -hmm. analogy for you right and now you know now now we've kind of gone into the teenage years of business and so it's it's a bit different um Yeah, all the physical labor is harder. You know, it's just it's just harder being older and doing the physical labor. Yeah, and, just even yeah, right, exactly. Like when I'm doing a shift, you know, those shifts I remember kind of breezing through even you know eight nine years ago. Um, you know, and and it would be I'd feel fine. I'd be able to go out and meet friends at the end of the day or take care of the kids or whatever. And at the end of a, a busy shift, I'm tired. Like okay. I, I need mm-hmm. a break. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say psychologically, I, I think more than anything, it's just um, it's just tough. I mean, when we did this before, 
we had this wild and smashing rocket ride of a success with Ample Hills. I mean, it just went through the stratosphere almost immediately. And you know, all, that's, all that's still possible again, all that excitement and growth, all that's still possible again. It's just, I, I think at, at, you know, 50 plus uh, and doing it again and the hill that we have to climb it's just it's hard to get up every morning and 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 be at that starting line again um you know i don't i don't know exactly what i'm saying but i mean we're we're obviously we're extremely extremely grateful for this second chance and we we dearly love this this business that we've we've created but you know it is a tall mountain to climb and you know all that uh, we've talked at length about the personal debt the, from the bankruptcies and the sales tax and all that that money that we still owe and that you know every dime of that we still owe because you know we're still just getting into deeper debt with the new business right now as we just described so that that hill is just high and feels like sometimes it's getting higher and our ability to sort of get up and keep saying like the little engine that could I think I can I think I can um it's hard I mean, what do you tell yourselves um to keep moving forward mm. yeah I mean uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound all defeatist at all but because you know I mean you know ultimately um you you have to get up again it's a new day right it's a new day what's that song in the whiz that i love to sing um honestly and and like when i need some positive infusion um it's a new day and so i have to look at it every single day it's like okay well, so what's going to be positive about this day? What can I do today that is going to help benefit the business? I mean, the business, the business, the business is constantly on my mind. So um, it's just, you know, kind of the finding that the joy and the little the little things. And honestly, one of the things that, that keeps me going, that keeps, you know, um, keeps me motivated is um is dealing with people, dealing with the people in the community that come into the shop and talk to me um, about, you know, how much, you know, they love a specific flavor, how they remember having their birthday parties at our old, you know, place and, you know, and how, you know, I served them once and how wonderful it was. And, you know, it's just all of those, those things that are, are just so positive um, that, that keep me going and, um, and that keep me thinking, okay, like we have something here and it's something that is, it's somehow we've tapped into people's emotional centers with this thing. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it means something. It's not, it means something to other people. And so when I, I take myself out of it, honestly, and I think about, you know, what it means to other people to have this business, mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's what keeps me, me up to know that there's inspir like that we have personally inspired people is amazing. I mean, uh, you know, Tyra Banks came <laughs> into the shop, um, like a couple weeks ago and, and told me how much I inspired her. And I was like, uh, hello. <laughs> she listened to the podcast, right? She listened to the whole podcast. <laughs> She has inspired so many people um, and obviously inspired me. So just to hear that from her was just 
amazing to me. And, and it, it's just, you know, she's an incredible person, but uh, you know, but Tyra Banks, yes, that was wonderful. It's also so wonderful. Like this woman came in yesterday who, um, you know, with her daughter, who's uh, 13 and had her party with us at our last place um, when she was three and had a wonderful experience and, you know, is going to have her 13th, you know, birthday party with us in March. And it's just, you know, I, I get that all the time, like from people just saying, and you know, saying, thank you so much for opening this. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, that's, you know, that, that, that's what, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Um, I think that's incredible just to, to feed off of, you know, in our dark days to feed off of the thing that we've created and how it's impacting others is, is great. I mean, I, for, for, for me in terms of how to, to get up, I mean, I, 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 you know, some half the battle is sometimes is just mind tricks. I mean, I, I think stupidly about, you know, the whole thing about a glass half empty or glass half full. I mean, uh, you know, literally the glass is half empty. It's also literally half full. I mean, it is both things. And so you, you can choose, therefore, how to see it. I mean, you know, because no matter how you choose to see it, the glass is still half empty and half full. And so if you just get up and tell yourself that it's half full, uh, then you can sometimes, you you know, it's sort of almost like faking it until you make it. You have to get up. And, and What's the psychological term that he's talking? I mean, you know, what is that, Deb? <laughs> I think it's the make it is perfect. My yeah. grandmother used to say that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it's not denial. No, <laughs> no, I'm um, no, but I, I, I think that it's just, you know, and it's remembering the passion. I mean, I, I still get up in the middle of the night and I have to go to the bathroom uh, and think about, okay, maybe I don't want to relate those two things. All right, forget about going to the bathroom. I get up in the middle of the night and I, I, I think of a flavor or something that I want to make, you know, um, or in the morning. How about that? First thing in the morning. I'm thinking about ice cream. It is what it is. And, you know, um, and so while the body doesn't quite want to get dragged into work and physically go and make ice cream, you know, uh, the part of my brain that's still seven, you know, is still very much excited about, you know, thinking about that next great flavor of ice cream. So what's next? I mean, what's your vision for the immediate future and long term? And I know that's really hard to predict, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean immediately in the short term it's just it's survival i mean we have to survive the rest of this winter uh i think we have the investors we have the money we can survive it um we need to get to the spring and the summer our real test for ourselves um is the spring and the summer meaning uh, we know we have the product we know we have the ice cream and the donuts and the space and the the, the beauty of that and the passion of the of the of the fans what what is untold yet is whether or not the business economics of it all makes sense and it's a you know it can be a thriving business which isn't aren't always the same thing so you know our our, our short term is just getting through to give ourselves a chance to really uh, knock it out of the park this spring and this summer um, I mean long term uh, I think that the the vision remains the same, which is 
you know, as Jackie's talked about, it's just using ice cream and, and you know, leaning into our name, the social, the social. And, and bringing people together. And the social, one day we're going to be able to be maskless and, you know, partying with free abandon <laughs> at the social. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's it's the, that, that effort to go back to, yeah, the roaring 20s. Yes, people we go. need to roar. Yeah. We all need it. I mean, come on, man. We got to we got to work towards that. That has to be our focus and, you know, our our optimistic, you know, north star. Yeah. I think that, you know, as we wind down here, uh <laughs> close out this this uh this part of the story. I think uh you know, I'd like for us to come back and talk again, you know, in a few months once the once the spring and the summer starts in. And we can, you know, make some time to, uh, you know, really sort of see how the rest of the winter went and, and what we're doing at that point as, as it's flipping over into the warmer weather. I mean, it's been really interesting hearing about starting your business, period, but also during a global pandemic and a new wave. Mm. There's so many unknowns. And it would be really interesting to hear next time we meet how things, you know, have played out. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Sabson. <laughs> All right. Great to Thanks. see you. So nice to see you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.